Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very, very special guest. His name is Brian Crum, and for years he's worked as a hospice chaplain. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes as to exactly what that means. But in this role, Brian has helped thousands of people understand the value of their life stories. Now, this is important because Brian is a natural storyteller, and he's a published author and the president of Boomerang Ministries. Brian works full-time as a director in the hospice system and lives with his wife, Maggie, and daughter, Casey, in Sunbury, Ohio. Brian loves being a storyteller, and he seeks to shine a light on the true and real stories of our creator as they are written within all of us. Now, be on the lookout for his new book called The Eden Equipment, which will be released soon if it's not already out. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Dr. Leica. It's so great to be on your show and to speak with you and and your very distinguished audience. So thank you so much. Well, tell me a little bit about what a hospice chaplain does. So um, working in hospice, it's it's really helping folks that are in the, the final weeks and months of their life. And uh, I've spent a lot of years just helping folks with that. I'm now kind of transitioned to what I call the dark side of healthcare, which is more management and administration and spreadsheets and, you know, budgets. But uh, for years and years, I worked as a, a chaplain helping folks with their mortality, helping them confront their mortality. And it's, it's so interesting because um, right now I work in a hospital system in Akron, Ohio, um, I have degrees that hang on the wall, a bachelor's degree and an MBA, and even some certifications from Harvard and world health and bioethics. But here's, here's the thing. All of those educational pieces of paper are great, but I've, I started my career as this hospice chaplain. And I can tell you that the most important things that I've learned way more important than any paper on my walls is the lessons and stories I gathered while sitting at the bedside of people who were confronting that mortality and um, just working and hearing hundreds and hundreds of life stories, you know, some of them incredible, some of them not so incredible to be fair, but I've learned just a lot about how we're wired and I've learned that we have this sophisticated equipment inside of us to help us live powerful stories, but most of us aren't using it. And, and a lot of us don't understand how our internal equipment works. And I, I can tell you, uh, we all have a story to tell, a story that we're living and 
there's parts of that story that are beautiful and parts that are sad and, and parts that are funny and, and parts that are tragic, but no matter what part we're in, the truth is we all have a need to tell that story. And we want to know our story matters. We want to know our story meant something to this world that we're in. And I think that's the biggest thing I've walked away from with my cha uh, chaplain hospice experiences, just helping people look at their life stories and, and evaluate their internal design. Yeah, and that, I think that's important. None of us like to look at our mortality in, in the face. None of us like to think we're going to be mortal. Right, that's so true. But sure enough, all of us are mortal and all of us are going to die someday. That's so true. So it's important to realize that that story were written. I've always said to everybody that I've met that everybody has the power to write their last chapter. So that last chapter is pretty important. Yeah, that's that's a really great way to look at it too. And I, I don't know, I don't know if you ever worked on a car when you were um, maybe with your dad when you were younger, or if you're you may be a car buff now. I'm I'm not now, but back when in my younger days, my dad would always work on our family car, and my job was to stand on the front bumper and shine the flashlight down into the engine. And I, I, I keep thinking of that often in my career because I think I've, I've become that guy that helps folks in that similar way. I, I bring the flashlight and hopefully I'm able to shine a little light down into our internal design for some folks and help them as they um, look at that last chapter, you know, you're talking about and help them realize that there's, there's really value, you know, just in, helping people discover the um, what, what's been written about, what they've written with their lives. And I think I'd like to be that guy that doesn't just shine the light for folks near the end. I'd like to help some folks shine a light on some things in their lives in the beginning of their story and, and in the middle. And that's, that's really a big part of why I decided to write the book. Yeah. So as I say, that story writing is very important. And every day we're writing our story, every day we're doing something to make that story credible or incredible. But remember, we only can live that story one day at a time. We're not giving anything more than this day that we have. That's so true. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's kind of the premise of, of the book too, is these are things we can use now. You know, these are things to use before you reach that final chapter. Yeah. So, so let's go through that a little bit and, and maybe we can help put some form to the function here. How can people do this? How can people start writing their story? How can they start putting those words on paper so that their story is something more than just a passing? Yeah, I, I think one of the things is to start finding your different pieces of equipment that are inside yourself. And um, I can tell you that there are certain things that we have inside of us that are really designed to help. Um, and I'm just going to give you one example to start our thought process here. I, I really think our machinery 
has a need for oil. You know, like every machine out there, we have gears and components and they, they work best when they have a little bit of oil to help them run. And our oil for our internal components really is quiet. And I've discovered this. I'm, I am not necessarily a person that craves quiet. You may not be either, but we still, whether we crave it or not, have a need for it. And it does a lot for us. We, we recharge during quiet times and we hear warnings in quiet times and, you know, quiet times keep our equipment really from overheating. Um, and I, I have a story that I, I'm a storyteller, as you mentioned, Dr. Leica, and I have one that illustrates this. Um, straight out of college, I moved into this um, single trailer, just trailer out in the country with really thin walls and a thin ceiling. And one night, this storm comes blowing through the area where this trailer is, and it's massive, just heavy winds, heavy rain, thunder, lightning, kind of storm that's not real good for single trailers, you know. And what happens is this storm just wreaks havoc on this little uh, shelter that I'm living in. And in the morning hours, the storm passes. And as usually happens after a big storm blows through, there's silence. You know, the, the wind has stopped. The rain has stopped. And it's almost the perfect time to sleep. When, you know, when you, when you used to be able to sleep in, remember those days? It's the perfect time to sleep in after that storm has passed. Well, I'm, I'm sleeping and I start to hear this drip sound, you know, drip drip something's leaking from the roof and it's enough in the silence to wake me from this deep sleep so i wake up and i track down this drip and as i zone in on where it's happened i see this puddle on the floor that's accumulated of water i see a ceiling tile that's fallen and broken onto the floor and i go and i stand over the ceiling tile to evaluate the situation and when i do this drop of water just thuds on the back of my head, splits into and rolls down each cheek, you know, and I look up to see the source of the leak and there hanging over my head is this coiled, huge snake. Uh, we'd learn later, it's a seven foot snake and this storm had loosened, the, the water had uh, come through the roof, it had loosened the ceiling tiles and this plastic lining had sagged down into the roof. And this snake that evidently had been living with me for some time had decided this was the perfect place to take a nap. And so he's coiled up and I look up. And when I look up, I mean, it's close enough. My nose is almost touching this thing. And so my response, you know, was like your average brave adult. You know, I screamed like a tiny girl. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that story is as fun as it is to tell. I would not have known of the snake in my ceiling had it not been for the quiet and the quiet times allow us to hear the warnings, the warning drips, um, that normally we'd miss in our busyness. And that's the kind of things I think we, we need to get in tune with when we're looking at our internal workings, because I'm not talking about a, a month long 
vow of silence in a monastery on a mountaintop somewhere, you know, uh, it, this is oil for our equipment. And like oil, you think of oiling a squeaky hinge on your door, a drop or two will do it. So I think we need, we have this need for a few drops of quiet in our existence. And we've got to figure out a way to build that into our schedules. That's huge. Now, now, Brian, this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. How do you, Brian Crum, live a fantastic life? Wow. That's, oh my goodness. I, I think part of it's been uncovering my equipment, but honestly, I think we surround ourselves with things that really help us. You know, my family for sure is, is just huge at living fantastic uh, life. But I, I think another component of ours is applies to that answer. Honestly, Dr. Leica, because I, I think we need to surround ourselves with good words. Um, this is another, another component that's mentioned in my book, but I think we're designed to run on good words. Good words keep us moving in more ways than we've really understood. Um, another story, you know, and you can tell me when to turn the off button on the stories because I'll keep telling them, but <laughs> another story. Um, did you ever have an electric race car track? Do you remember well, those? I, I think everybody had one of those of our generation. I, I think those were a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's, I mean, when you think of the technology now, it's funny, right? Because if yours was like mine, I'm sure it was, there was this car and it had a little post that hung down on the bottom and you, you inserted that post into the, this groove on the, the plastic race car track. And the high tech feature was this one button you pushed with your thumb. And when you push that button, the electricity flowed through the track and that post picked up the electricity, the little rubber wheels on the car would turn and around the track that would go. Well, when I was younger, we, my, and my race car track was Dukes of Hazard. I don't know, you know, if you remember that old show, but um, it had uncle Jesse and all of those characters, you know, on the side of this thing. And it was pretty, pretty fun. But my dad had shown us that, if you took one of those square nine volt batteries, you could hold it to your tongue and it would give you that twinge that went right through your nose. Remember that feeling? Oh. Um, this, I figured that if he had showed us that and it was so fun because we had laughed so much when we held that battery to our tongues, how much more would it be if we tried that with the Dukes of Hazard race car track? So I convinced my younger sister to do exactly that. And she put her tongue on the Dukes of Hazard race car track and my thumb hit the button and she got this blank watery eyed stare, <laughs> which I now know in my adulthood is electrocution, <laughs> but she, she, and she's alive, by the way, she's, I like to think she's better off for it, that we maybe awaken parts of her brain that, you know, non-race car, uh, liquors, <laughs> non-race car track liquors don't experience. But when I say that to her, she's, she doesn't agree, but that's okay. You know, um, but she, she did that. And I just, remember that it's, it's a fond memory of my childhood. I think our good words are like that. You know, you can't see 
the electricity in the race car track, but you know, you know, especially if you're, you're my sister, you know, it's there and you can't see the, the, the work our good words do, but you sure can see the effects of them. You know, when we compliment someone and their cheek flushes red, or we make a positive statement and someone smiles, or we say funny words and, and people laugh. I think we're designed to respond to good words. And I think the trick, one trick maybe to a fantastic life is surrounding ourselves with good words and surrounding ourselves with people who are going to pour those good words into us. Yeah, that's important to realize. And and also, I, I think those good words have to come from others, but they also have to come from inside of you. You have to cultivate a relationship with yourself so you can put those good words together when others are not around to give them to you. That's so true. I, you know, I saw this this story on the news. Here's a story that's not mine. <laughs> I saw this story on the news where this house in Louisiana had caught fire and burned and the fire department showed up and did their thing with the hoses and the water. And, and I guess as the smoke cleared and the water started to dissipate, the firemen went through the debris of this burned house. And somehow this huge fire had burned to the attic and then burned down to the studs, you know, those two by four wooden studs and then stopped. And as the firemen shown their flashlights on the studs, they realized there were positive words and scriptures written in marker on these, on these wooden beams. And I guess the family, when they built the house, had done that. They had written scripture and positive words on their beams. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's kind of the way we are too. We have these internal, uh, beams in our being. And some of us have some truths written there that we've uncovered and we do well when we, we realize what's written there, but maybe some of us have written some words that aren't true on those beams. And I, I think at least I can tell you from the, the hospice chaplain perspective, we get hung up on those words that aren't true. And so it might be time for us, some of us to go in and, and do a little bit of erasing of the untruths and maybe a little underlining and, and highlighting of the truths. So I, I agree. There's, there's a lot of value in finding out, you know, what you are, what truths you have inside yourself. That's important. And I think those truths have to come out, uh, whether it's in your last week of life or your last month of life, but they should come out and they should allow you to have a signpost in which you can live by or at the end of your life to be proud of and said, this is what I did. I did it my way. I did it my way. There you go. That famous song, right? A lot of truth there. For sure. There's a lot of truth there. And I think people miss that truth a lot. So in working with all these people along the way, Brian, is there a single solitary message you can implant to our listeners that they could take home with? I think it's that, you know, it goes back to what's written on your being. There are truths written there, whether you know them or not. 
And the truths really that we need to discover are we're valuable. We're loved. We're forgiven. You know, God loves us. Our creator loves us. We have this value inside of us. Now, a lot of times I think we've let a couple of untruths hold us back there. Um, I, I wrote one more story for you. I wrote, um, another book. I'm here to talk about a book called Eden Equipment, but I actually wrote a children's book that was banned from Christian school. Um, and it was banned, if you can believe it, for two bad words. So the premise of this children's book is this, you'll love it. Um, it's two, It's a doctor and a nurse that go to great lengths in this hospital to treat this runaway diaper rash that a baby's experiencing. And one night in this hospital, the doctor and the nurse lower this baby's diaper and find these crazy stripes on this baby's backside. So the book's called Stripey Bottom. And it's about the great links they go to treat this, this diaper rash. And um, we wrote the book and illustrated it beautifully. It was actually a bedtime story I had, had told to my daughter. And um, my daughter's teacher got hold of a copy and said, we'd love for you to read this to one of our kindergarten classes. And the principal got word of that and said, hey, why not all of the kindergarten classes? Let's get them in a big assembly and we'll read the book. Your daughter can read it. How, what a great event. One problem, principal read the book. <laughs> and when she read it, she ran across two words, but and crack. And when you put those two words together, you get butt crack. <laughs> so my first uh, endeavor into being an author was a book that was banned for foul language. And, you know, my, my wife still kind of um, crawls under the table in embarrassment when we tell this story. But um, I think that's the way we are. We've, we've let one or two bad words keep us from sharing our entire story with our intended audience, with the world around us. And I think, you know, if you think about the bad words, it's the not words, um, not smart enough and not talented enough, not beautiful enough. And when you take a moment and you take away the not from those statements, it's interesting. We're left with enough. And I, I don't think there was any not in our original design. Um, we added the knots later, <laughs> but the truth is we're smart enough. We're talented enough. We're beautiful enough. And I'll tell you, I've seen way too many folks get to the end of their stories and they're still hung up on something, a knot back in their history. It's a, you know, it's the dad that came home from work in a bad mood and he said something as he was going through the living room. And the child took that so to heart that they burned it into their being, you know? And it's something I, I hear that you, Brad. So, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to leave the audience with that last thought there. Uh, we're at the end of our time. So how can people get in touch? How can people get a copy of your book and how can they find out more about your endeavors? Yeah, I appreciate that, Dr. Lager. Thanks for the opportunity. So if you text my name, Brian, and I spell it with a Y, so text B-R-Y-A-N to 66866, 
B-R-Y-A-N to 66866. It'll take you to a page with four great links on it. Some great stuff there. Um, There's a chance to sign up for my book, Eden Equipment. You can connect with me on social media there. If you're looking for someone to speak at an event you're having and you'd like someone to tell some great stories, you can do that. You can connect with me there too. Then there's a chance to engage with my um, nonprofit too and find out some good information about that. Fantastic, Brian. Thank you so much for being here today. I've had so much fun with you today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check back often. Dr. Leica here. Um, and uh, please check out my website, drallenleica.com. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-Y-C-K-A.com. Love to talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Oh, 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 oh